Dear friend, I'm Dr. David Jeremiah, and I'd like to take a moment to speak with you as the world faces the coronavirus pandemic. There is no question we are living in a time of unprecedented uncertainty. It is unlike anything I have experienced in my whole life. And the temptation in times like these is to allow fear and worry to creep into our thoughts and to rob us of our joy. But in these uncertain times, we need to remember that God is still in control. And my prayer for you is that you are healthy, you're in a safe place and surrounded by those you love. Please keep the ministry of Turning Point in your prayers as well. We will continue to bring the healing power of God's Word to you each day on radio, television, and online. And I really hope this will be a source of encouragement to you during the current coronavirus. So be safe, be in the Word, and be in prayer. Welcome to Turning Point. How do you handle stress and conflict before they overwhelm you? Do you soar above the fray? or flail in the midst of it until you're exhausted. Today, Dr. David Jeremiah begins the series, Making Sense of It All, to give you the spiritual strength you need to overcome life's trials. Listen now as David shares the first message in the series, Courage When Fatigue Drains You. Well, folks, thank you for joining us today. Can you believe we're, um, we just moved into February, February the 1st. Um, one month of the 2021 season's already gone, and now we're getting ready for month number two. And you know, um, as I look out around the country and listen to people talk and hear their messages uh, from emails and text messages and letters and phone calls, we all uh, are in the same boat here. We need to be encouraged. We need to keep our eyes on the Lord. We need to look forward and not... Um, not get caught in overwhelming uh, delay because of memory. So what we're going to do during the month of February is we're going to give you some of the most encouraging messages we have ever written in all of our lives. We're going to talk about the things that will help you to see what's right with the world and not what's wrong with the world. And if you listen every day, I want to make this promise, you will be better you will do better because you listen every day. We're going to talk about making sense of it all, and we have an incredible resource for the month of February. It couldn't be more appropriate. It's Rob Morgan's book, God Works All Things Together for Your Good. And this whole book is written around Romans 8.28. If you know that verse, you know that's one of the key verses for Christians when things aren't the way they wish they were that God has a wonderful way that all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. What does that mean, and what does it mean to us now? Friends, you can not only find out more about how to live this way by listening every day, but you can really help yourself by getting a copy of Rob's book. Here's what you do. Send a gift to Turning Point to help us kick off February and get through this month with strength. Just ask for your copy of God Works All Things Together for Good. When you send your gift, we'll send the book to you right away. And before the month is over, you'll be listening to encouraging messages on the radio and reading Rob's encouraging words from his book. It doesn't get better than that. Well, today we begin this journey with a message from Isaiah 40, which is one of my favorite passages. And the message is called Courage When Fatigue Drains You. 
America is becoming a nation of angry, short-tempered people. From road rage to airplane rage, grocery store rage, and violence at sports events, the media has been reporting these emotional outbursts with unprecedented frequency. An article on road rage began with this paragraph. The Surgeon General's office doesn't put warning labels on people's driver's licenses, but maybe it should. A nationwide survey by Farmers Insurance Group found that 14% of drivers said they had shouted at or engaged in horn honking matches with another motorist. 10% admitted to intentionally cutting off others in traffic. 4% confessed to keeping a weapon in their car for protection against others on the road. We actually had 24 people tell us they'd gotten into fistfights, Farmers Spokeswoman Mary Flynn said of the survey of 1,001 drivers. More than three-fourths of Americans believe angry behavior has increased in places like airports and highways. Flight attendants and pilots report a dramatic increase in problem passengers. How in the world do we overcome the temptation to join in the rat race and become part of a problem instead of part of the solution? Well, if you will listen carefully and prayerfully, I believe that God's Word can help today. I know that the passage we are sharing together has been a wonderful blessing in my own life, and I trust that it will be so for you as well. Isaiah is going to help us understand an important spiritual discipline, a discipline that can transform the way that we do life. As we unpack this passage, we will find a symbol of courageous strength to help us in times of stress. So let's begin by looking at this passage backwards, if you will, from the bottom up. The symbol of courageous strength is soaring. Notice what it says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah is using this symbolic picture from ornithology, from the study of birds, to help us understand how a person who is walking with the Lord is supposed to cope during times of pressure. I read an article that described three different ways that birds fly. Listen carefully. First of all, some birds fly by simply flapping. Ornithologists say that the first method of flying is flapping, keeping their wings in constant motion to counteract gravity. For instance, hummingbirds can flap up to 70 times per second. But flapping is an awkward, clumsy business. I don't know about the rest of you taking my life in this metaphor. I've spent a lot of time flapping. (laughs) Do you do that? You know, I'm supposed to be like an eagle and I'm flapping around like a hummingbird. And the problem with flapping is that it makes a lot of commotion, but it doesn't get you anywhere. The second way of flying, according to the scholars, is by gliding. The second kind of flying works like this. The bird builds up enough speed and he goes up high and he settles into a downward flight gliding. And it is much more graceful than flapping. But unfortunately, he doesn't get the bird very far because a reality in the form of gravity sets in pretty quickly. And a gliding bird, if he is not arrested in his glide, will glide ultimately right into the ground. 
The third way is what we would call soaring. Only a few birds like the eagle are capable of doing this. Eagles' wings are so strong that they are capable of catching rising currents of warm air, thermal winds that go straight up from the earth, and without moving a feather, they can soar up to great heights. In fact, some eagles have been clocked at up to 80 miles per hour without flapping at all. They just soar on the invisible columns of air. Now listen to Isaiah again. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall soar. Now, if you want to go through your whole life just flapping, just doing your own thing and just flapping around, you can do that. You won't get anywhere. You'll make a lot of commotion and you'll wear yourself out pretty quickly. Or you can have one little moment of glory and grace and glide right into the earth. Or you can let God teach you to soar like an eagle. Then you get the updrafts of his spirit and you get the energy that comes from him and you soar in his strength. When we face a crisis, then we soar. When we are going through the ups and downs of life, we learn to run without weariness. And when sometimes we are called just to plod along day after day, we walk without fainting. So here's a promise that works for every age and for every stage of life. We are called upon in this passage of scripture, in the imagery Isaiah presents, to be God's eagles flying and soaring above the issues of life. But how do we do that? How do we stop flapping and start soaring? Well, the symbol of courageous strength is soaring, but if you read the Bible carefully, you'll notice that the secret of courageous strength is waiting. Isaiah 40, 30, and 31, and the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. The secret of courageous strength is waiting. Now, what does that mean? The Bible has a lot to say about waiting. To wait means to pause, to soberly consider our own inadequacies and the Lord's all-sufficiency, and to seek counsel and help from the Lord and to find hope in Him. Waiting involves submission to the Word of God and the will of God and the ways of God. Waiting is saying, I'm not going to do this on my own. I'm going to do this in the strength that God provides. Lord, I'm going to let you be the updraft under my wings that causes me to be who you want me to be. Now, I want to show you five benefits that will happen to you as a believer if you learn how to wait. Then I'm going to talk a little bit more about what it means to wait. I need to tell you before I go any further that this is a very hard discipline for me. I was built more for speed than for comfort, and waiting is not an easy thing for a type A person to accomplish. And yet, in the measure that I have been able to get around this discipline in my own heart and make it my practice, I have found the strength that God promises in Isaiah. When I first moved to California from the Midwest, I did not know anything about waiting. I lived in a town where when you went to the bank, you were always first or second in line. You never waited. You went to the grocery store. There was always a checkout open for you. There was no traffic much. 
I came to Southern California and what an introduction to a new way of life. Everywhere you went, you waited. You waited at the ATM. You waited at the stores. You waited to get your driver's license. You waited for everything. And most of all, you waited in restaurants. I remember during that time, someone gave me a little piece of advice that went like this. When you go to a restaurant, you wait to get in. After you get in, you wait to be seated. After you're seated, you wait for the menu. After you get the menu, you wait for the person to come and take your order. After they take your order, you wait for your food. Then you wait for the dessert menu, and then you wait for your dessert. Then you wait for your check. Then you wait to check out. And they have the audacity to call the person who presides over all of this the waiter. (laughs) He's not the waiter. I'm the waiter. (laughs) You see where I'm going with this? Waiting is hard, isn't it? And yet, listen to how the Word of God teaches us the benefits of waiting. I'm going to give you these five things, and just I can't spend much time on any of them, but they're so evident in these verses of Scripture. First of all, waiting results in perception. Psalm 25, 4 and 5. Notice what this says. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I will wait all the day. Go back up to the top of that and notice what it says. Show me your ways. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. If you want God to show you his ways and teach you your paths and lead you in truth and teach you, you have to learn to wait. Because waiting is the key to perception. Number two, waiting results in protection. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Waiting results in protection. It calls upon us to wait in order that we might have the protection of the Lord. It refers to the Lord in this passage of Scripture as our shield. How many of you know that when you wait before the Lord, He helps to protect you from all the things that could come into your life and destroy your peace and keep you from being who He wants you to be? Thirdly, waiting results in perspective. Psalm 37, 7. This is an interesting verse. Waiting results in perspective. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret of him because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Do you know how to get over being all bent out of shape because of the people who are doing things wrong and seem to be profiting? Just wait on the Lord. Just get before the Lord and put it all in his hands and he will help you to get perspective on life. And you will see that not everything that seems to be important at the present is ultimately important. Waiting will give you perspective. Notice, fourthly, waiting results in provision. What a great verse in Lamentations. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. Do you want to go any further? The Lord, say that out loud with me. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. I want to tell you something. When you learn how to wait on the Lord, his goodness becomes so evident in your lives. And finally, we're back to where we were at the beginning. Isaiah 40, 31, waiting results in power. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings like eagles. Five reasons for us to learn the discipline of waiting. It gives us perception and protection and perspective and provision and power. Are you with me? So how do we go about doing this? How do we learn how to wait on the Lord? Daniel Goleman wrote a 
very popular book, a highly influential book, in which he suggests that effectiveness in life is based less on cognitive intelligence than emotional intelligence. In fact, the book is called Emotional Intelligence. He explains how people with amazingly high IQs can live basically unproductive and unsatisfied lives, while some people with emotional intelligence, relational intelligence, usually thrive. He continues by saying that at the heart of emotional intelligence is the ability, watch this, to delay gratification and not live at the mercy of impulse. The most celebrated example of what's become known as the marshmallow test is included in his book, and this is the marshmallow test. A four-year-old is in a room with some marshmallows, and he is told that the experimenter has to run an errand. But if the four-year-old can wait until the person returns, he can have two marshmallows. If he wants to eat right now, he can, but he only gets one. Now that dilemma will try the soul of any four-year-old kid, and it will probably try the soul of many adults you and I know. In this experiment, kids developed all kinds of strategies to enable them to wait. They would sing songs, they would tell themselves stories, they would play with their fingers, and one of the kids actually bent down and started licking the table. A Stanford University research team tracked these children for many years. Now, I want you to listen to this. And those four-year-olds who were better able to wait grew up to be more socially competent, better able to cope with stress, and less likely to give up under pressure than those who could not wait. On the other hand, the marshmallow grabbers grew up to be more stubborn and indecisive, more easily upset and frustrated, and more resentful about not getting enough in life. No wonder Goldman summarized his study by calling the ability to wait the master aptitude in life. The ability to wait. Now this is a message that sounds really strange to us today. We are a generation of fast food, instant gratification, buy now, pay later people. Waiting for anything doesn't sell well in today's society. We want it all, and we want it now. But it might serve us well to stop for just a moment and examine what is happening to us as we race at breakneck speed into the 21st century. The Bible, both by precept and personal illustration, points us in a different direction. It's a direction that slows us down so that we can arrive at our destination and actually enjoy the journey. (laughs) When we are in a big hurry, we need to find a way to slow down. When we feel the sense of panic growing within us, we need to transform our panic by a pause for strength. When we wonder how we will ever do it all, we need to wait just long enough for God's peace to reclaim our hearts. Isaiah 30, 15 puts it this way, class. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. This is God's formula. It is definitely not the world's formula. And the psalmist in Psalm 46, 10 puts it this way. Be still. And know that I am God. 
Wayne Oates has written these words, Silence is not native to my world. Silence, more than likely, is a stranger to you and to your world, too. If you and I ever have silence in our noisy hearts, we're going to have to grow it. You can nurture silence in your noisy heart if you value it, if you cherish it, and if you are eager to nourish it. Silence is hard to come by these days, is it not? Can I get a witness? (laughs) But without silence, we can't have the discipline of waiting. And we wait before God, and we are certain that God is in what we do, and we follow Him, and we find peace. Well, we've looked at the symbol of courageous strength, which is soaring like an eagle. And we've looked at the secret to it, which is waiting. Now, I want you to notice the source of it. And the source of strength is God. Going all the way back up to the beginning of our text, notice, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have might, he increases strength. My friend, if you're going to wait on somebody, here's somebody pretty good to wait on. Amen? Notice, in this little verse, you have a compendium of theological truth. The attributes of God scream out at us from every line in the text. He is eternal, the everlasting God. He is sovereign, the Lord. He is omnipotent, the creator of the ends of the earth. He is immutable. He never faints or is weary. He is omniscient. His understanding is unsearchable. He is merciful. He gives power to the weak. And he is gracious. He increases strength to those who already have might. So my friend, what Isaiah is saying is this. If you will just cool your jets a little bit. Kick back. Get alone. Be silent. And wait on the eternal, sovereign, omnipotent, immutable, omniscient, merciful, gracious God. He will get you where you need to go without all your flapping. Amen? That's what Isaiah wants us to understand. We are flappers by nature. God wants us to soar like eagles. And the way we learn to soar is by waiting before Almighty God, listening to His voice through His Word, and having silence in our hearts so that we can separate all of the noise and the static and hear God. And we get centered on him. Pick out sometime, someplace, somewhere, every day, and get silent before God. And just read something from his word and let it soak into your heart. Push everything else out of the way. And just sit quietly before the Lord. The first day you do it, the first two minutes will seem like you've been there for 30 minutes. (laughs) But as you get more accustomed to it, and you began to sense the peace that floods over your heart, you will discover that it will start to transform into tranquility what has before been stress that is so debilitating to all of us. So, are you soaring? Do you want to? That is the lesson God has been teaching me and teaching some of you. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Are you willing to find some silence and some quietness to wait upon God? To put your hope in Him and your trust in Him? To reject the frenzied alternative of the culture in which we live? I can find peace in my heart when everything is crazy all around me because I know the God 
who is everlasting, the God who is the creator of the heavens and the earth, whose wisdom is unsearchable. And through my waiting upon him and my relationship with him, he has put a quiet center in my life that gives me peace in the midst of the frenzy. Wow. It works. But you got to try it. And that's my challenge to you today. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, we have a a wonderful little gift for anybody who will write and request it. It's a little bookmark. It's the prayer of Romans 8.28. This little bookmark will remind you of God's character and his care for you. And you can get this by just asking for it when you call or write Turning Point. We want to send it to you. You might want to use it to hold your place in Rob Morgan's new book, God Works All Things Together for Good, a full exposition of Romans 8.28, 200 pages of writing on this incredible verse. This book is our resource for the month of February. I couldn't be more excited. When you get this book, you will be getting um, the writing of one of my favorite writers and, and a great devotional writer. And you will also then be able to marry this book with the teaching that you're getting every day on the radio as we try to make sense of it all. Here's how you can get your copy. Simply send a gift to Turning Point for the month of February. But when you send your gift, ask for your copy of the book by Rob Morgan on Romans 8.28. We've structured this month just for you. We need to make sure we keep our eyes on the Lord and we go forward and don't get caught up in all of the craziness that's going on in our world today. We have a God who loves us. We have a book that encourages And we have friends who put their arms around us during this time. We want to be those friends to you. Have a great day, folks. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's current series, Making Sense of It All, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call us at 800-946-4300 when you do ask for your copy of robert j morgan's book of comfort and encouragement god works all things together for your good it's yours for a gift of any amount you can also download the free turning point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to access our programs and resources. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Making Sense of It All, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? The Jeremiah Legacy Society from Turning Point was created for friends of the ministry who feel called to partner with Dr. David Jeremiah to deliver the unchanging Word of God to future generations. We can ensure that the impact we have reaches beyond our days here on earth. Visit our website at davidjeremiahgift.org to learn more about how you can be a part of the Jeremiah Legacy Society. A prominent American journalist made an observation that caused me to stop and think. She said that when we watch television, we never see people watching television. She suggested that we like to watch television because it represents a world we would prefer, a world without television. I don't know if her thesis is correct or not, 
but it did make me think in fresh ways about the need to protect my heart and my mind from the waves of media that wash over us daily. And there is no better protection than immersing myself daily in God's Word so that His truth becomes my shield and protection. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's truth on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.